this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello. I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. The Sour Hour is meant for the serious brewer. The Sour Hour may contain some seriously funkified content. The Sour Hour is not for the faint of heart. So exercise some damn discretion, would you please? Sheesh. And now, here's the Sour Hour with Jay Goodwin. All right, it's that time, new episode of the Sour Hour. Really excited to have our first return guest ever, Scott. Lauren Salazar is in the studio. Hello. How's it going, Lauren? I'm fantastic. Thanks. Full house in the studio tonight, although we're losing Bevo right off the top, I guess, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, she's not listening. You don't say. But yeah, we also have uh, Alex Wallace, the co-founder of The Rare Barrel. How's it going, Alex? It's going great. Good to, good to be back. It's been a little while, but uh, decided to err on the side of Lauren today. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we'll get into the reason why uh, Lauren's here, but we also have Jamil in the studio. Hey! I am honestly a little intimidated because it's... <laughs> I mean, Jamil makes great beer, but really his hosting ability is just way past mine. So I, Bar none. I, if, I am. If you at any time just want to jump in and please host, please host this show for me, that would <laughs> increase... The ratings, I think, quite a bit. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think so. Cool. So we're here. We're at the Bruin Network Studios in downtown Concord. Scott's also here. Hey, Scott. Hey. Give us some feedback. Um, you can email Scott, Scott at the Bruin Network dot com, or or J at the Bruin Network dot com. New email J at the Bruin Network dot com. Yep. Only took one year. J A Y. That's fast for being. I know. It's like lightning. I floated. Uh, I gave Jay two options. Uh, I gave him J at thebrewingnetwork.com or the best sour brewer what there ever were at thebrewingnetwork.com. He chose Jay. Yeah, that's the more appropriate one, mm-hmm. I'd say. Um, but yeah, so you can email me now. Uh, but, you know, I don't want to know like technical show stuff, BN stuff. That's still, you know, go all to Scott. But if you have any sour beer questions or anything like that, I'm always happy happy to answer any of those. So yeah, now Jay at the Brewing Network dot com. Wow, you just opened that box. <laughs> yes, I am. Wow. Get flooded. I <laughs> would not have done that. Yeah, you can still edit that out, right, Scott? Oh yeah, we'll cut it in post. So, so that's for live you listeners only. Are still a missionary. Fifty percent of the questions you'll get is like, I can't download the show. Right. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'll just uh, anything with download in the email, I'll just automatically oh, filter. filter out. Standing in the the shadow of people like Lauren, people like Jamil or Vinny, who you know is very good about answering emails. I just always really admired that about the people who came before me. So if I can, you know, continue that tradition at all, you know, maybe I did open a little bit of Pandora's box in my response time will go down quite a bit but i'm still uh it's still i I like to do that because all the other emails as alex can attest that we answer most of the time are not fun to uh to write back so i have a i have a a 
a box in within my inbox that says while I'm waiting for the bus. <laughs> and I just put all those emails in there. And when I'm ever, when I ever have downtime, I just go and I just start answering them. And, you know, like I always start with sorry. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Forgive me for the delay. Yeah. You but wrote I me always, in 2012. I always get back to them, but it's, it's fun. I, I feel the same way. Yeah, that's my favorite part. And, you know, talking to people in person and all that stuff about the show and sour beer. uh, Yeah, that's that's the most rewarding part. So no problems with that. Send me an email. Um, Other ways you can be participating. You can call us today. Although, you know, Scott's going to be doing double duty today. I think with Bevo taking off, he's going to be producing the show and answering the phones, which are not like exactly right next to each other. So. We're going to try and take advantage of that somehow. Just be like talking to Scott on this side of the glass when he's on the other side of the other side of the glass. Say mean things about him, all that kind of stuff. Well, so. I'm also I have a third gig today, which is I'm, I'm the sign spinner for the bar. So I stand out front oh, on the sidewalk. Yeah. So if I if I go for about 10 minutes or so, you know what I'm doing. Jamil, Jamil's inside. He brought us beer. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny. They have sign spinning classes. We're here uh, situated on Toto Santos Park here in, in Concord and in the park. I'd say at once a week, maybe maybe bi-monthly or something, they have sign spinning classes. They're training classes for sign spinners so they can, you know, learn how to flip it down this side and, you know, twist it down the next. Did you know this is a skill? It's an actual It's career. a real art. Yeah. <laughs> I you love that. Make a couple extra bucks. You I know? guess so. Sour beer is expensive. You got to make that money to buy that beer. <laughs> so, yeah, call us and uh, torture Scott today. Um, otherwise, you can join us in the chat. Email us with feedback, or you can watch live, brewingnetwork.com slash TV. Uh, as Lauren just learned, we are live. This is a podcast, but we are <laughs> Those, being uh, not advertised, filmed by and watched by the you know tens of people <laughs> who are not doing anything at a noon on a Friday. Exactly. We do apologize for the unusual time um, if it messed anybody up, but it's just we have Lauren in town for our collaboration beer, which we're kind of running around town. Uh, tapping at different establishments and having fun drinking. So this this is when we could squeeze it in, and we wanted to get you back on the show. So uh, happy you could come out here and do this, Lauren. Also, last little bit of housekeeping. Go ahead and subscribe and uh, leave feedback for us on iTunes. We really appreciate all that feedback. And subscribing to the show is is not only the easiest way to get it, because now that we're chopping up shows into little pieces, you'll never know when they're coming out, when Scott's going to just ninja star throw them out there on the interwebs, but it's also just, it's really good for us. Good for the show. So go ahead and click subscribe on iTunes or wherever you download your, your podcast. I promise sometime in 2019, we're going to achieve consistency. That's good. Yeah. That, that seems right around BN pace. Well, and if we get it done by 2018, I've, uh, under promised and over delivered. That's, that's mm-hmm. what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. I sure. learn. I learn quick. <laughs> awesome. One other thing I wanted to get to off the top is, uh, you know, I think we we talk a lot about rare barrel stuff on the show. We'll reference some of our beers sometimes, but you know, I kind of realized that a lot of the people listening, you know, they're really realistically never going to get get a chance to try our beer because we sell most of it out of our tasting room in Berkeley, California, um, and we there's not we don't distribute a lot outside of the brewery at this time. Um, but we do have a cool way coming up that's going to be a way for people to get the beer, and that's our club. So we have a beer club, um, and Alex, who's in studio today, runs that club. So I figured who's better to ask about, you know, what that club entails, when it's coming out, all the details of it, uh, who's better than Alex. So, Alex, can you take it from there? Just explain to people kind of what we're 
what we're trying to have the club be and how they can get involved in getting some of our beers. Yeah, sure thing, Jay. Uh, so we have a beer club called Ambassadors of Sour, and the main goal for our beer club is just to make it as convenient as possible for people who love sour beer to get sour beer. The membership includes 10 bottles that are exclusive to the club, a 10% discount on everything you purchase. Um, but probably one of the best things is that you can easily purchase most of our bottle releases online. Uh, so you don't have to go out, you know, to the, the brewery <laughs> you don't have to go outside. You can sit on your computer and buy the beer. And then we also ship within California too. Again, it's, it's one of those things that came about for us because when back before we started the rare barrel, we had s- such a hard time finding sour beer. You had to go to the bottle release the day of, you had to know the bottle shop owner and see what's being held in back. Um, you had to trade for it. And this is our way of making it a little easier for people who want sour beer to get sour beer. So uh, we're, we're opening up enrollment uh, to new members of Ambassadors of Sour on October 1st at 9 a.m. on our website. Yeah. And we, one cool thing is that we've had a lot of people, not just inside of California, but around the country who have signed. It's, it's kind of fun to see because we get to see kind of, you know, where the signups are coming from. And it's get it's coming from all over the country. We've done a few, lucky enough to get out of the brewery a little bit this year, get a few events. We went to like Extreme uh, Beer Fest in Boston. Our beer went out to the the Asheville, the Wicked Weeds. What was that called? The Funk, Funk Asheville. Funk Asheville. Funk Asheville. Which is kind of a funny sounding name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of the feedback. It, it's we've we've always been surprised. Like, hey, oh, I'm a I'm a club member, and to see club members kind of from other places is cool, but. If you are kind of out of state, how do you how does that work if you're living in, you know, Boston or Asheville? Fort Collins. Yeah, there's Fort there's Collins. A, there's there's a couple things we do to make that easy for for the out of staters. Uh, one of them is if you can purchase your bottles online and then you have a year to pick them up or ship them. So we'll hold on to them for you, we'll sell them for you, and then you can either have your orders shipped to a family member or a friend in California and then they can facilitate getting it to you one way or another, or uh, you can uh, have someone pick it up at the brewery. Um, if you come out to California, you know, once in the year, come out, we'll hold them for you. Our, we have a brewer at New Belgium that's making a road trip to pick up all of his beer. Um, <laughs> Isaac, he's he's making a whole uh, trip around it. Oh, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah, we love hearing those stories. Just people yeah. who, just from unexpected places, kind of get involved in this whole thing and you know, we really appreciate all the support of the people who listen to this show, who've gotten involved, and the people, you know, more local people who have come to the taste room and really surpassed our expectations of what, you know, how many people would be interested in a brewery that only makes sour beer. So that's been that's been a lot of fun. Um, so that's going to be October first. That's a Thursday, right? Yeah, it's a Thursday, October first, nine a.m. Okay, cool. And if you need like the full rundown of the details, if you forget any of that, if you're not writing this down as we're talking about it. Um, you can go to uh, facebook.com slash the rare barrel and there's a post on it there or the rare com slash blog. I think it's about the second post on either of those platforms, uh, mostly because the, the first post is about Lauren and our collaboration beer. But yeah, so that's just an easier way to get, get our sour beer. But I don't think there's any easier way to get sour beer than to have the owner of a brewery show up and bring it to you in person. So Jamil's here and he brought us some beer today. 
I see his glass is already empty. So I'm gonna pass drinker. I'm gonna pass it to you <laughs> so that you can talk and host the show and then I can drink your beer while you're telling us about it. Oh, all right. So the first beer that we're trying is uh Taffel Bully, which is uh just a Belgian single with um just uh Brett. So uh, a little light dry hopping, very tiny dry hopping of Amarillo. And um takes us uh it's actually a pretty quick beer. We it takes us about eight months to make. Uh, we do a primary fermentation with five thirty. Then we uh, actually put it in stainless uh, with the brat and let the brat work for about six, seven months. It that, turns out pretty good. Has nice it been this, character? It's been the same recipe this whole time, right? The very first recipe was far more complex. It was from a friend of mine, uh, Matt Staley, who works out at Disney. Real great guy. Uh, some of you guys might know him. I don't know. And uh, he wanted to do a collaboration beer. So it was actually the very first beer we ever brewed at Heretic because <laughs> we were late getting open. <laughs> but um, uh, so initially it, it was much more complex. What he was trying to do was a, a low ABV beer that had this great character that he could drink when he got home and wouldn't get, get trashed, still play with the kids. And so it was based off of that. And then over the years we've kind of, Simplified the recipe and uh, increased the Brett character and <laughs> increased the ABV a little bit. I don't know. So it's – sorry, Matt. It's not the same beer anymore. But <laughs> well, I know Matt likes it. How is it simplified? Be more specific. Uh, so originally there was like, you know, kiln, coffee, and a bunch of other like biscuit and Vienna and a, a ton of stuff. And now I think it's just – pills wheat and maybe we throw in like a bag of dextrose or something we you know simplified it down you think the simpler malt bill leads like the brett character shines through more because i I do think so yeah um yeah anytime you use you know crystal malts or something like that it does tend to suppress some other flavors you know just like in hoppy beers um when you're making a you want something to to appear nice and hoppy if you add a lot of crystal malt it really kind of starts to to mask that as well and the Brett character is subtle in this beer, so I think that was a good call, kind of letting that shine through. When mm-hmm. you, I, I don't, I don't think this is the first time you've made this beer. So, have you seen variability on the like? You, you probably use kind of similar pitches of Brett, but the Brett character, the amount of aromatics, the quality of the aromatics. Do you see drift there, or have you guys been consistent with that? Do you think? It, uh, earlier on, I think it was much more subtle, and now it's. Coming through a lot more. There's some variability, but we we brew it at the same time of the year, every year, and we do it everything the same, and so it stays pretty darn close. Um, I'm sure you know side by side you pick up some some differences in aromatics based on the temperature and things like that. But in the temperature, you know, I would say the last two batches in the building that we're in now, um, it's it's uh tracked pretty closely throughout the year so since we do that i think if we you know we brew it around christmas time and then it's released you know around uh august if we were to uh brew it let's say in summer and then you know store it i think we'd get a a completely different character with the temperature differences so is there a period of this beer's life that it is aged in oak barrels no it's all all, all stainless, yeah. Wow. Well, and actually, we we even do it in kegs because we can't. Oh right, right. Tie up a, a tank that long. Yeah. So we transfer it into our our sour kegs, 
and um, they go into the warehouse. And then when when it's ready, and we can you know test taste off of the the kegs too. And then when it's ready, we transfer them back to a, a fermenter, get the carbonation adjusted right, and then package it up back into the kegs. So for the first beer you ever did at Heretic, you decided to to get Brett right into your stainless right away. That takes some onions. Right. Well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, we actually took some of this and put it in an oak barrel as well. And I don't think it turned out. I don't I don't think it's right. I don't know. It's it's not. It's just not not the right character for this, I think. What what changed about it? Do you think it was the barrel or the Brett re- reacting to a new environment? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, we're getting a little too much funk uh, versus the more cleaner Brett character. And for me, this beer is more about the cleaner Brett character. Gotcha. And, it, you know, it might have just been we we did just one barrel. So it, it may have just been that barrel, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, think it's a, I think it's a French oak. So... I think it's getting more oxygen than I would like. Right. Um, so I think this beer is great just how it is. If it ain't broke, don't fix <laughs> right. it. This beer so, is really good. So I, d- I just don't want to mess with it. A lot of Brett beers you'll have are just, you know, too too much Brett, not not drinkable to the quality of like, oh, I want to have two or three glasses of this. But this definitely meets that standard for me. I think it's a great beer to have on a hot conquered day. Isn't it difficult to keep the Brett from becoming too prevalent? Like, doesn't it want to just take over everything and become the dominant flavor factor in anything it's in? I think so. But the interesting Mm -hmm. thing for us at the rare barrel is we use it so early in the process that it's counterintuitive, but it it's suppressed that way. So it's something we've talked about a lot on the show, but I think if you're kind of going more with the approach Jamil is using, where you're using this, fruity saccharomyces strain first and then introducing the brett then yeah i think it can maybe get out right. of control based on what you're doing well and you know you've had brett beers that were you know pitched at a rate and done such that you almost think it's a clean sack yeast i mean you barely taste anything mm-hmm. so it's possible to do it either way um so it, it, yeah, you know, it depends a lot on, on what that. you're feeding it mm-hmm. like your base beer as well if you give it enough time will it eventually do that or like our beers that we do in a primary fermentation or? Well, in other words, you, you can use it early in the process and make it be a much more subdued flavor in the final product. Mm-hmm. But if you give that final product, say, four or five years, won't the Brett very slowly, eventually, or is that not true? Just talk to me in three years and I'll let you know. <laughs> no, no, <yeah. laughs> well, and one thing about this beer is the all that bittering that's there, that's all from the Brett. There's... I mean, we put very few, and we put enough hops in it to call it legally beer. Yeah. But uh, all that, that bitter that, that's there that balances it, that's all Brett character. It's a really good point because you do get this backbone of a beer from kind of Brett characteristics sometimes. And, you know, you have to, if that's what you're going for in the beer, you have to back calculate that in your recipe formulation. Like you're saying, you know, just enough hops to make it a beer. Or if you're a home brewer, I mean... Could be no hops at all, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's that's a really good beer. I know you. What, what was the other beer you brought? Uh, passion fruit sour called Agony. All right. We'll have, to, we'll have to pour that out. Pour that out in our glasses. Get some. Uh, we have the collab poured out in our glasses, but maybe uh, a quick break. Yeah. Well, let, introduce the collab real quick. Okay. And give tease. people that a tease it, and then we'll take a. That's break. a radio term, Lauren. <laughs> It's also a sexual term. It's also something Lauren's been accused of being many times in her life, I'm sure. 
So yeah, we have uh, the collab in front of us. It's uh, the new Belgium and Rare Barrel collaboration. It's called Air on the Side of Awesome. And it is a red sour beer with cherries. And we think we lived up to the name. So we'll kind of talk about how we made the beer, how we even came up with this idea of making the collab together in the first place after the break. How was that? That was pretty good. That was great. It was like Seacrest-esque. <laughs> A plus, baby. After the break on the Sour Hour. Three-time Ninkasi Award winner and Grandmaster Judge Gordon Strong invites you on a guided journey of what's new in the world of homebrewing. Modern homebrew recipes, exploring styles, and contemporary techniques available now from Brewers Publications. Gordon brings you specific advice and sensory profiles for as-brewed, award-winning beers with delicious variations to get your creative juices flowing. This is more than just a book of recipes. It sets brewers on the path to discovering what's new in the world of homebrewing. AHA director Gary Glass says, if you want to enter competitions or just learn more about styles that you might not have experience with, this book is going to help you tremendously. By emulating what Gordon does, you're going to make better beer. Modern homebrew recipes, exploring styles and contemporary techniques by Gordon Strong. Available right now from BrewersPublications.com and find brewing retailers near you. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymer G Magazine and Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Your support of the Brewing Network means everything to us. We couldn't produce shows without you. And we love giving you something extra for that support, like... 
Brew Your Own magazine. You already know it's a great brewing magazine full of recipes, equipment how-tos, discussions of beer styles, and brewing techniques. Whether you're new to brewing and just starting out or you're an old pro, you'll always learn something from the articles in Brew Your Own. Plus, there are amazing special issues like plans for building a Brutus 10 system, 250 classic clone recipes, and the Home Brewer's Answer Book. Brew Your Own magazine and BYO.com are awesome resources for any brewer. Whether for yourself or as a gift, when you subscribe or resubscribe from the Brewing Network homepage, you directly support programs like this. Get a great magazine and support the Brewing Network. Subscribe to Brew Your Own right from the BrewingNetwork.com. Vous écoutez le Sour Horror en Bruin Wet. 
One more time. Hey, c'est Jean de la Brasserie Cantillon. Vous écoutez la Sour Hour on Bruin Network. Second time's a charm. I love those. Coming back in from break. It's the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. Here with uh, Jamil from Heretic and Lauren from New Belgium. Um, Lauren's kind enough to fly out to the Bay Area to join us to talk about our collab. But before we get into that, let's get to uh, a question. Yep, and uh, all of tonight's questions, as always, are brought to you by SourBeerBlog.com, run by our uh, MD friend, Dr. Lambic. Yeah, Matt if you Miller. Didn't check it out before. He's got a new-ish uh, article out on tannins and sour beer. Really important read if you're serious about dialing in your sour beers, especially when it comes to mouthfeel and balance. I mean, we were just talking about it with Brett in the last segment, so... Go over there, sourbeerblog.com, and check that out. So here's a kind of uh, be going uh, back to the beginning question from Sam Atwater. Uh, he says, hey, guys, listening uh, all the way in Australia. Love the show, yada, yada, yada. He typed that. I didn't just blow him off. I'm about to start my own sour program at home. I'm planning on first maintaining separate bacteria and Brett cultures uh, and then experimenting with different combos using one-gallon carboys. I heard Jay mention in an early episode that he had done a similar thing at home when he first started uh, experimenting with bugs. Any advice to me before I launch into this? Uh, As Jay always says, I want to prove I can make one gallon of sour beer first. Uh, he's an excellent listener. Yeah. First well, off. Can I, let me just uh, give, not that he's asking for my advice, but don't leave them on your parents' basement staircase. Yeah. Keep them in your thunder. own damn apartment. Yes. They, they wouldn't fit there. But yeah, definitely take them out of your parents' basement once you're done and you actually, you know, start a brewery and you have barrels and stuff like that. So and um, they're still in the basement right they're now. Still right? There. They're still there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad. Um, I'm just at this point, you were past the point of no return. I'm just going to leave them and see how long they're going to stay there and then taste them in like, you know, 10 years. I did go back and taste them and, uh, a year and a half after I started the experiments. And I'd say 65 to 70% of them were horrifically bad. Just really bad. I mean, it was like stovetop, uh, DME and you know, there's no purging of anything. It's not like I have CO2 on demand. At my parents' house, so be really careful. Sanitize everything uh, really carefully. You know, the doing the bacteria without any yeast, you know, at home can be a little tricky because you're just you're kind of begging for uh, a cross contamination. Just with yeast that's floating around, you're doing a lot of different things with different uh, yeasts and different bacterias. Um, so just be really careful um, to you know add things deliberately you're going to make a big batch of wort and then add them to a bunch of different small carboys make sure to you know the way you're adding it is very important the order you add it in you know if you're if you're doing different yeast and bacteria i'd start with the bacteria because you know just getting a yeast infection into your bacteria that's not really going to give you a true look at how that bacteria will be as its own character the drop in ph and just flavor um, but if you do get bacteria into your yeast, then, you know, maybe that's a little bit easier because you're going to combine them eventually anyway. Um, not that I want to, you know, give you an out for messing this up, but it's, it's tough. Basically at home, it's really hard to keep this all together, but, um, I don't know, Jamil, do you have any advice for keeping separate cultures at home or, you know, I, we you know we were just talking off air about how you're keeping your Brett Lactopedio and uh, carboys at the brewery. Mm-hmm. So, how, what, do you have any extra advice? I think you know, as long as um, you work, you know, cleanly, that you know the 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 
bacteria in the in the bread they'll they'll stay in the carboy or in the container it's when people get sloppy you know they're starting to touch one then they touch the other they're not you know making sure their hands are sanitary before they touch them or they're combining equipment and using equipment across all of them i think that's when you run into difficulties right so hopefully that's a good answer i mean it seems like he's ready to go and set up for this so you know just expect failure and then just propagate for the successes you know count on 20 30 percent of these being good and then those will become you know your first larger batches and that's what we did at the rare barrel i mean we had this home experiment and that influenced what we bought as our first cultures as a commercial brewery and then we kind of inoculated 16 18 oak barrels with every yeast we could find yeast and bacteria mix and then the ones that did the best those were the ones that became our first batches of beer so hopefully that helps but it's great that you're doing that, especially in Australia. Um, you know, if that, I know uh, there's some international listeners to the show. There's some cool developments with dry yeast and bacteria being sent out. So try and uh, try and use that as a, you know, maybe that's a better better way to go if you're worried about, uh, you know, vials staying viable uh, in the long journey over. Um, but yeah, thank you for the question. Yeah, send, send us. I always like to hear uh, follow up too. So yeah. if you if you did this, uh, Sam, and uh, or you're going to do it, let us know how it turns out. Let us know if you made any mistakes or kind of what your experience was, so uh, we can pass it along to others. Well, the cool part is is that you know we're having Lauren back on the show. It's been uh, just a little under a year since Lauren was on our second episode, I believe, and. You know, we're just getting to that point where the people who are listening to the show, we do get their feedback. We do get to taste their beers because it's been a year, you yeah. know, and we're talking about sour beer. So we asked for feedback and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we listen. I emailed you in. Here's that beer I was talking about. We have to go back and listen, you know, a year before. It's like, oh, this is really cool that, you know, people who are listening, you know, are applying this to their beers and making some really good stuff. So that's an awesome feeling. Um you know, someone who I've been listening to for a long time, and that's influenced my beer, is Lauren, who's sitting right here. Um, let's talk a little bit about our collab. So we came out to uh, Fort Collins. Uh, Lauren invited us. Actually, I wanted to take a step back. Lauren, why don't you start off and say kind of how this collaboration first became an idea in your mind, and then where did it go You're from gonna there? You're going to make me tell the story again. I'd like, I'd like, like to, to watch me squirm. Well, I'd like to drink You're some mean. beer and not hear myself talk. Uh Dude, that is, that's mean of you. Um, <laughs> He's learning to be a good host. I, <laughs> I actually best. just got it in my head that um, I didn't actually know how to do a sour beer collaboration. So I just kind of got it in my head that I just wanted to do that. Um, and I, I will say that we did, I did a sour beer collaboration with, um, I sent a six barrel of beer to Brandon at Yazoo. Um, who we all love. He was on our uh, Milk the Funk episode. I, on yeah, I adore um, those guys. And I just sent him a, a keg straight from a, a, a barrel, and he he blended it, and we released the smallest collaboration of all time. Uh, it was one keg. Um, so uh, after that, um, we basically, I, I just decided, I was like, what? I don't know what a sour beer collaboration looks like. Um, but immediately I was like, well, I want to, I, I want to call Alex and Jay and see what they think. And the second that, that thought actually got in my head, my stomach immediately hurt. 
and I got really weird feeling in my stomach and then my hands are all sweaty and I was like I immediately just picked up the phone because I was like oh I'm thinking about it I should just call and that's by the time Jay answered the phone I was completely sweating and I felt really weird and then I just told Jay (laughs) it must have been like oh hey Lauren what's going on why are you being so weird on the phone and I just said I'm just gonna tell you like I feel like I'm about to ask you out to the prom I have a weirdest anxiety. Like, what if you say no? But, you know, (laughs) it was really dumb and very prepubescent um, feeling. I've never asked anybody at the prom, but I am assuming (laughs) that it's that dumb and anxiety ridden. But I was not dumb. I just was, I just, all of a sudden I got this great, like I really wanted to do it. And then the feeling of what if, what if that person, you know, like, what if they don't like me as much as I like them? That's so funny. To, for the people <laughs> listening to this, like, uh, you know, Sam, the home brewer in Australia, is listening to Lauren say that. I mean, like, yeah. is she kidding? Like, um, who thinks I'm going to turn her down? But there you go. That's even legends can be insecure. Everyone's a human being. Yeah. Uh, Halfway yeah. through, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jay, I just wanted to. Yes. Yeah, my eyes okay. are watering right now. Because I'm, like, embarrassed. Even recounting it. It's, it was it was traumatic. It was It was an <laughs> honor. I mean, just to be called. And considered for this series of, of collaborations that you guys are doing, maybe you could explain just a little bit the idea behind the new collaboration series of beers, What's which is perfectly pronounced as Vrendren. <laughs> beers with Brendan, and Brendan means friends said. in Flemish. I know exactly. Um, we actually made the beer Brendan with Allagash. Um, years and years ago, it's probably our, one of our first collaborations and it was so super fun and it was just really dynamic and real. And, you know, Peter and, you know, those guys like Jason and Robin, those guys, like, I mean, Peter was in the kitchen and he was roasting in dive and I woke, I came in and early and he was already in the kitchen roasting in dive. And I was like, what are you doing? What? I was like, explain to me. Cause I'm going to have to write about write this about this beer like what is what do you, what's the roasted endive do and he was like oh i have no idea and i was just <laughs> like okay that does not help my cause but i love that you're doing that right now and so they roasted all the endive there and it was just such a great and real collaboration that over the years i'm not saying that you know collaborations they just um we were doing them in the lips of faith series and it's a really hard, it's a large format. You know, it's a really one-way street. They would come and, you know, brew and on our large-scale equipment. And, you know, we would sit around and watch the computer do stuff. And um, it it kind of lost that loving feeling. And so I just had this moment where I'm like, I'm, we're not going to do collaborations. In the Lips of Faith series, you know, like, to in you know from from friends in the US it kind of just felt a little um a little lacking and so just the last year I was like if we if we do collaborations they'll be called beers with Brendan we'll do them in the pilot it will be like I just had this like I wrote a road map cuz I like to write things and <laughs> like we were talking about and like to map them out like this is kind of what it looks like this is what it feels like um these are the criteria like they have to we have to actually truly know them we have to actually truly be friends we this it should come out of some organic and loving um foundation and then we'll go from there 
Um, and that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. And just like, you know, beers with feeling, you know. Yeah, something personal and authentic. And the the reason that was so special for us is because our story with New Belgium goes back a long way. And it actually started with Alex, who was the one who got us into beer in the first place. And that had a lot to do with New Belgium. Yeah, so there was... Uh... There was a day back in when Jay and I were in college, and uh, we were drinking mostly, you know, Keystone Light. I have pictures light, of these. Light American <laughs> lagers. And, uh, and I went out to visit my uncle in Colorado, and he's a home brewer. And he was like, hey, uh, do you want to go drink some craft beer in New Belgium? And I was like, sure, I like beer. Let's go check it out. <laughs> um, and the beers that I had there were, were very different from what I was used to. Um, but when I was there... You know, I was, I was studying biology at the time, and I, I love the science of life. And I, I kind of had this realization, this epiphany that brewing is using the science of biology to make art and to make make this this art that's very tangible and, and a medium of art that I really liked, uh, which is beer. <laughs> and <laughs> and so uh, so I uh, went back home after that and uh, started homebrewing. And Jay was my roommate and best friend, and. Uh, started homebrewing together, and you know, one thing kind of led to another. And I think it was the the, the visit at New Belgium where I was. I was actually I remember looking into the the boil kettle. Also and, have that picture. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, just kind of had that that realization that that brewing is is using the science of biology to make art. And so Jay and I started homebrewing after that. Um, another thing down the road that kind of was pretty cool too is I the first sour beer that I actually remember having. And and enjoying was a lawfully, um, you know, I had one sour beer before that, and it was one that someone just passed to me. And, you know, I was drinking an IPA. They passed it to me. Here, try this. I was like, well, I don't know what's going on. Went back to my beer. But then when I had the lawfully, um, one of my friends who I got it with was like, hey, just so you know, it's a sour beer. It's different from what you're used to. Uh, it's going to be tart and acidic. It's not going to be hoppy, full bodied like you're used to. And uh, when, when she presented it like that, it really opened up my mind to these new flavors. And I didn't really know what to expect the first time, but it just kind of that lawfully and the way the friend positioned it and kind of gave me a heads up that this is different also, you know, sparked another trail for me of, of going down the, the sour rabbit hole. Yeah, and that, that was great because when I uh, – so Alex came back and we started brewing together and our idea was, okay, let's uh, – one of us become a brewer, the other, you know, kind of – get get some footing in business and it's actually alex who was supposed to become the brewer and i was supposed to do the business thing but we graduated and took separate paths and i got a job at the brewery which actually afforded me the opportunity to uh not just you know go to new belgium again but to meet lauren and kind of become closer with her and get some guidance from her on a lot of different issues and we were making a lot of sour beer at the brewery at the time so all of these kind of building blocks you know you see or the, these these bricks in the road, they kind of got laid down and a lot of them had to do with New Belgium. And without New Belgium, I don't think uh, the Rare Barrel would exist today. And so for us, the whole beers with Rin 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 series <laughs> is, is you know, uh, a two-way thing where, sure, we've developed a friendship over the last few years. But for Alex and I, it's, you know, deeply personal and it goes back. A long way, even before we had uh, met Lauren, you know, New Belgium really meant a lot to us. So I think that's a really cool part of this uh, collabo because it's uh, <laughs> it's between, you know, two people who, uh, you know, really care about the other the other's brewery and, you know, who don't mind 
going out every morning and get getting beer mosas and going out every night and getting <laughs> Manhattans and old fashions. Like we did with the uh, the whole wood cellar team, which was a, a blast while Alex and I were out in Fort Collins. Um, so it's it's more than just a collab to us. But um, well, you know, this is my pet peeve now with collaborations. Yeah. People are doing collaborations because it's good marketing. It's because it you know will sell beer here or sell beer there, and that's the wrong reason to do a collaboration. I do collaborations with my friends and I will, you know, collaborate because I want to spend the time with them. I want to spend the day with them. I want to, you know, have that, that closeness that only comes when, you know, you're collaborating with friends. Otherwise it's just an exercise in, you know, selling beer and, and that, it just seems totally wrong to me. So collaborations should always be about, it should be a rule. If you're not, you know, good friends, you can't do a collaboration. Yeah. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that I was telling these guys last night, like, I swear you can taste it. Like, there's mm-hmm. like that something that's missing in the beer and you're drinking it and you're like, you know, like it's it's not even the sum of the two parts. Mm-hmm. It somehow mm-hmm. is it, it misses a lot. And the these like it, the opposite, you know, when two people really came together and they actually spent time talking, developing, ideating, um, you know, have like dumb idea after dumb idea until they are like, yeah, let's do that. And maybe it's a dumb idea, mm-hmm. but it's the, it's, you know, that it be- becomes like this epic thing that you can never, you can't duplicate. And even if, and then if you go back to your brewery, if you wanted to brew it again, it would never be the same. Well, and how many great collaboration ideas come when you're sitting with a friend and you're both drinking <laughs> and you're, you're All making good ideas come like that. Right, you're making fun of something or you're just supposing something or, you know, and then you go, well, wait, if we did this and then you, you're talking together and then, you, you know, you come up with something that you believe the two of you together, you know, the minds together believe is going to be absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that's why you do the collaboration, because you believe you're going to make something better than you could have right. separately. It's, yeah. it's sort of half dare between friends mm-hmm. and oh, no. half, you know what? No one else has the guts to do this. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> So there's that. Fueled uh, by alcohol. Yeah, yes. That Rambo mentality going on. Um, but yeah, I mean... It, it, I think you can taste it in the beer and just talking about a collaboration in that way. I think it, hopefully if you can talk about it that way, it gives the, the drinker of the beer who doesn't have that connection, just kind of that background in where, what I think is the most special thing about the craft brewing industry, which is the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think people talk about it a lot, but to see concrete examples and to see it kind of materialize, you know, as a beer, I think that's a very special thing. And, you know, it actually doesn't, it gets actually even more personal for Alex and I when it comes to New Belgium and this blend because uh, the centerpiece of the blend is a single oak barrel uh, called PH1. And a lot of the listeners who uh, listen to the show the first time around will know the story about it. But just to retell some of it, basically PH1 was, or, you know, I did this last night where I started to tell the story of PH1. So I'm going to pass it off to Lauren again. And have you tell the story of PH1, just so I don't leave anything out. So what, uh, what's the deal with this the barrel? The quick story of PH1 is it was one of our seven original French oak uh, wine barrels that that, in, that we that Peter brought back from California in 1998. January 1998, he showed up and um, inoculated them, and we named them, you know, so this was just PH1, PH2. 
um, we were, there were just different experiments, INOC1, INOC2, and um, pH1, just as we got more and more and more barrels, just always was like my little, either there's a little heart, I like draw on it and I taste it. And I'm just like, wow, this barrel is just so incredible every time. Um, you would, I would actually take beer out of it, you know, fill it back up. And before any of the other barrels had even still done, it was like ready, done, I'm good. And, um, and so that barrel is just one of the, my loves and, when we got fooders, uh, super fun, and we I was like, I can't do both. I cannot keep tasting t- all of these uh, small barrels and all the fooders. And Peter was like, just get rid of them. Um, he's so practical. And um, and so he was like, go through all of them, write, blend, keep, or dump. You know, so I you know wrote them on every one of them. Of course, PH1 said keep, huge, said keep on it, and... You know, as the, we were getting rid of them, I, I was trying to find all those ones, and it just went away. Um, you know, years later, I was at UC Davis with my friend Cody, who's our R&D brewer at New Belgium, and we were uh, taking a class at UC Davis, and we went to Russian River on our day off, and we were in the back hanging out with Vinny and Natalie, and it was there. I saw it across, like across the room, and I'm like, you have got to be effing kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was immediately, like, I ran to it. I was you can happy, swear, the and then I was sad, and then I was mad, um, and then I, and then Vinny let me taste the beer in it, and then I was like, it's, it's amazing. Um, and so I was, you know, that was the, the when I, the, I let go of whatever phase of that is and i was just really happy that it was right there um and then he brought out beatification the first beatification ph1 came came out and that was even a weirder story because he sent a case of beer to the brewery and you know he emailed a little bit later and he was like how you know so and i'm like oh dude i that my bad i did not it's amazing you know and he was like you did you see and I'm like, what are you talking about? And I picked up a bottle and literally in like font one or something <laughs> around the border is the story of unfor- the, un- the drunken story of uh, me being at, and, and Cody being at the brewery and seeing PH1. And it was like, I remember at that moment, I was like, I just want it was a drop the mic moment where I was like. Oh, I'm I'm done. My name is on a Russian. Are you kidding? I don't care. It's in like point five. It's as Lauren Salazar is on a Russian River bottle. I am done. I should definitely re- retire right now. Um, and that was that was PH one. And then uh, twelve years later, it showed back up at the brewery completely unexpectedly with a little note on it. Um, just completely one day, like, oh hey, what's going on? And they're like, uh, is PH one? It's just sitting right here. Um, and so we filled it up and as we talked about this collaboration, it became, I, that I had my second bound of anxiety, like, okay, now w- what is a collaboration? How do you do that? And listening to those guys tell the story of the rare barrel, um, it, I was like, oh, it's sitting right there. Like that's, that is the collaboration. It starts with that, hopefully if it tastes great and then we'll go from there. Yeah, and it was awesome to go there and, and taste out of this barrel that's meant so much to us. And just to fill in the blank there, that that story has meant so much to us over the years because we just love this idea that this barrel with the the perfect magical blend of yeast and bacteria has made so much good beer for two of just the best sour beer breweries in the world. And, you know, why can't 
you know, why don't more breweries look for their own kind of pH one, their own rare barrel? And so we decided to name our brewery that after pH one and conduct this yearly search, which we're going to start this upcoming year of what's the best oak barrel we have of sour beer in our warehouse. And then do it the next year after that, the next year after that, what we'll do is we'll serve the beer. We'll propagate the bugs that are still left in the barrel after we take the beer out. And then we'll use that to kind of put our best foot forward from these oak barrels into more oak barrels throughout the cellar so that in five or 10 years, you could have a bottle of beer from us that says, you know, 30% of this beer came from the 2016 rare barrel and 75, I forgot what I said. I'm going to go over hundred <laughs> percent, 89% of this beer is from, you know, 2018 rare barrel, just cool, like lineage of where these beers are coming from. And it also just kind of has this, um, Darwinistic kind of blast barrel left standing thing going. So there we're competitive with our barrels. So there's one that'll rise to the top and <laughs> you, one barrel to rule them all. <laughs> made blending into a competitive sport it is like oh, yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> only only you. That's how you achieve excellence. Competition <laughs> breeds excellence. So when we, you know, went to blend this collab and, you know, we were like, okay, let's err on the side of awesome. There was a little anxiety because it's like, okay, it would be obviously be awesome to have pH one, this the beer from this barrel that's meant so much to us that we named our brewery after, in this blend, and thank goodness it tasted awesome. Yeah, that was like, and that's where it started. So we can get into a little bit more of kind of filling the rest of the blend. Um, why don't we take? Do we have a, a phone call? Yeah, and let's then do take a, a quick break. Yeah, it's appropriate too because uh, I I get coffee character out of this beer. I think there's no coffee in it, is there? No. Okay, but just a, by- a byproduct maybe of uh, the malt or something. But here is uh, Brittany with a coffee question. Brittany? Hi. 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 Thanks for taking my call. Um, my question is, Lauren, last time um, you were on, you mentioned you were talking about the specifics of brewing sour beer with coffee with Jay. And I was hoping that you could go into that um, and specifically maybe uh, brewing a, the golden sour, like all systems go, Um Jay, uh, that's golden salad coffee. Uh, is that for me or is that for you? You, me? Well, yeah, all systems. Well, I think you. we've kind of synced up our uh, our coffee edition strategy where we're doing um, whole beans in the barrel for two days. We do after yeah, fresh roast, yeah, rest a couple of days, five pounds for two days, and is that pretty? Are you guys doing five pounds as well yeah, for well, Oscar worthy coffee? Yeah, we do twenty hectoliters at a time, so it ends up being about fifty pounds. The only the only difference I think between our two breweries methods is that we've kind of gone off the rails and done some golden sours also. So we've done golden and dark, and we just we pick a be- we pick a new bean every time and a new roast. And they'll re- that we work with Sight Glass Coffee in San Francisco. They'll roast some at different times of day, times and temperatures, and they'll just give us you know a few to work with and kind of we'll test them all out and pick a new one each time. So it's not the same bean every time. Um, and we definitely go towards uh, the lighter, less roast, fruitier for the golden sour. But then, a, you know, it can be a little more roasty and chocolatey for our uh, dark sour base. Uh, is, is that kind of the thing you look for in your coffee for the Oscar worthy? We um, actually, yeah, Leslie, um, who is who is one of the, the owners and roaster at um, Bean Cycle Coffee in Fort Collins, Colorado, we're lucky to have her there and the, and the bean cycle and she'll actually come to the brewery we'll taste through the fooders 
and we'll take a lot of notes and then she'll kind of go back and do cupping and then kind of bring back her ideas and we'll kind of blend we'll we'll mesh a fooder with um with a bean um and we've done a different one every single time and i still love the first one it's the the your choga your choga ethiopian your yeah i've never said that word out loud turns out um so and that was the it was just like the thing it was kind of like the sure that's going to work everybody knows it and then it really did it's one of those like it works like you try to make something the more perfect than the perfect thing and for it we've done colombian we've done um kenyan and we've a couple other ones and i that's still my fave but i i think it is it's all about like matching the qualities i mean they have those awesome descript flavor descriptions on this my one of my favorite things is reading those <laughs> the descriptions on coffee i'm like i don't get that but it's awesome um, coffee's such a intense flavor <clears throat> do you get carryover in the barrel to the next beer or we or we, can you? we um take we take the uh, the beer out of the barrels and put it into we have a small stainless tank mm-hmm. and then and do the coffee dry there. bean uh-huh. that's my air quotes <laughs> right right um dry bean in in that um with the beans and then and then keg from there. Okay, yeah. We, we do it in the barrel, and we do get carryover. carryover. So we, yeah, we right. try to clean it real good. Yeah. And <laughs> luckily, the last time we did it, we were able to put a dark so beer in there. Uh-huh. And, yeah, you can still get a little bit of that right, carryover. Right. So I, we're, we're actually in the process of uh, revamping our barrel cleaning and preparation methods. So uh-huh. I'm actually kind of excited to see how the new methods will impact getting that out of there. But if you can't if you can afford to put it in stainless I, i'd probably right. do that we love what, that little stainless tank what are your new methods for cleaning the barrels mm-hmm. between oh batches? that'll be a whole new podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> all well, right that barrel methods i think we've tried to uh we've answered that question a few times on the show I, I i was supposed to put up like a little document on barrel prep because it's just like such a long answer mm-hmm. but um i'll have to do that and then re- do a revision for what we'll change into soon you should like co- collaborate on that document with a couple people you we'll do get, uh like, we'll post Garrett it on Ud Beersel or something he's very passionate about that topic it's it's a really important it's <laughs> like you know caring mm-hmm. about cleaning and sanitizing your mm-hmm. tank for a clean beer you know it's just right. it's That's just as so important weird. so mm-hmm. i think maybe well that'll be an article on uh uh, milk the funk or maybe we'll put it on sour beer blog um, and then it can be you know editable and people can comment on it too but let's take a quick break yeah um, thanks for calling Brittany. by the way thank you Brittany. um answer your question and then uh we'll come back talk about some more beers and jamil has opened up uh, a second beer for us to try so we'll chat about that too that's it that's part one of lauren salazar and jamil zanishev in studio stay tuned part two will be coming out soon as soon as either I or Justin, it's Justin, Ninja Stars the show out onto the interwebs.
Network.